so weary, but I must go along till the Lord comes and calls me away. Where the morning is bright and the Lamb is alive and the night, the night is a Windows and rooms that I'm passing. 
passing through This is just a stop On the way to where I'm going I'm not afraid because I know This is my temporary Young mom on her own She needs a little help, got nowhere to go She's looking for a job, looking for a way out Because a halfway house will never be a home At night she whispers to her baby is our temporary home it's not where we belong windows and rooms that we're passing through this is just a stop on the way to where we're going I'm not afraid because I know this is our temporary bed the room is filled with people that he loves and he whispers don't cry for me I'll see you all someday he looks up and says I can't see God's face This is my temporary home It's not where I belong Windows and rooms That I'm passing through This is just a stop On the way to where I'm going I'm not afraid Because I know This was my temporary home Mm -hmm. This is our temporary home Well, if you take out your bulletin, you can prepare for next week's sermon. Um, I walked in the hospital room, uh, I, I guess Friday night, and I told Brother Michael, I said, well, Sunday night I was planning on preaching on stubbornness, and I've got an illustration. <laughs> it, it worked out good for me. And uh, not, not really. As you're opening your Bibles to Ezekiel uh, chapter 1, is where we're going to start. 
many of you have probably been noticing that I've been studying the prophets. The last couple of uh, messages I've preached are from the minor prophets. And um, as I was going through this one, I couldn't help but notice something very interesting that is uh, very applicable to me and you. Um, in Ezekiel 1 and verse 3, it says, The word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel the priest, the son of Bezunin, Bezun, the land of the Chaldeans by the river Shabar. And the hand of the Lord was there upon him. Now, the reason I wanted to read that verse is, is to go further, but I wanted us to realize that Ezekiel's a priest right here. It, it says Ezekiel the priest. And I just hold on to that, and I'll show you where I'm going with it in just a second. But as we skip a chapter over in Ezekiel 2, in verse 4 and 5, it says, For they are impudent children. God called Ezekiel to go to these people. And it says, For they are impudent children and stiff-hearted. I do send thee unto them, and thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God. And they, and they, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house, yet shall know that there hath been a prophet among you. And I want to stop right there and take a minute to consider something. See, Ezekiel's position changed. It went from priest to prophet. And what happened is no longer was Ezekiel representing the people before God. He was representing God before the people. And that's the change that happened there. And as I read that and I saw that pattern, I said, wow, that's exactly what we've got. That's what we're commissioned to do is represent Christ to the people. That's our, that's our mission. And, and we are supposed to do the same thing as a child. We sing the song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hiding under a bushel? No, I'm going to let it shine. And some, somewhere between childhood and adulthood, we forget that we've got a light inside of us. And that's, that's our commission is to let it shine to all the people and to represent God to the people. And as we see that transition there in Ezekiel 2, we'll go a little bit further. But I wanted to look at a scripture over in 2 Corinthians Chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. In verse 4 it says, And whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of ourselves. 
As I read that, I see the very same thing. God says, I'm going to use you. I'm going to take your earthen vessel and I'm going to shine through you so the world can see me. And wow, what a responsible and I want to be prepared. What a responsibility. And I want to be prepared to do that. And as we keep reading there in Ezekiel, back in our text, chapter two and into chapter three, I think we see a preparation for doing so. I think we see a preparation to get out and go into the world and to shine his light among men, to represent God to the people. And in Ezekiel 2, starting in verse, um, verse 8, it says, But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto you, unto thee. Be not thou rebellious like the rebellious house. Open thy mouth and eat that I give thee. And when I looked, behold, an hand was sent unto me, and lo, a roll of a book was therein. And he spread it before me, and it was written within and without, and there was written therein lamentations and mourning and woe. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest. Eat this roll, and go speak unto the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that roll. And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat, and fill thy bowels with the roll. That I give thee, then did I eat, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. As we get prepared to go into the world and to represent God to the light, to, or God to the world, as we become the light that Christ would have us to be, we have to feed upon His Word. We have to feed upon His Word so that we'll know what to say. We have to digest it to find its application. We have to... Do as Ezekiel did. Ezekiel's message would not stand without God. Without God's Word. And ours cannot stand without God. You know, I, 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 la- I don't laugh, but sometimes it humors me. Whenever someone's witnessing and they'll say, well, I believe. You see, the point is, it doesn't matter what we believe. It's what God's Word says. And God's Word is the only thing that's liable, the only thing that we can find exact truth in. And we must know it, we must feed upon it to be ready to go into the world and to represent God before the people. You know, in this Bible, there's a message like no other. It says, um, You know, throughout the pages of this Bible, there's a message of love that's expressed through grace and mercy. Where else can you find that? Where else can you find that but God's Word? And if we want a people to hear us and to know that we have truly showed them the truth, we must look at this Word. Righteousness is showed through something I couldn't do, through what man could not do in his own. God will one day see righteousness in me through Christ. That's the only way it's going to happen. It's not about what I did. It's what Christ accomplished in this book. And I want to ask the question, how does, how does God's Word taste to you? Ezekiel here, he says, 
And it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. You've probably been told as a child, slow down, enjoy your food. I think the same is true with God's Word. Are we taking time out of our days? Are we taking time out of our life to spend it in God's Word? To spend it really digesting what it has to say. Really considering the principles that it has for our life. Ezekiel said that God's Word was sweet to him. Over in different songs throughout the years, there's a message that is so sweet. And I hope we don't ignore it. I hope we go to God's Word and truly find it. In Psalms 119, in verse 103, it says, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. There again, God's Word tasted sweet to the psalmist. How does it taste to us? Have we took the time to actually chew on it, to actually think about it, and realize that this is the sweetest message ever told? I loved what Brother J.W. said last week. He said, God's written you a love letter. You support us and we'll deliver it. Because this is truly a love letter and I hope that we're taking the time to slow down and enjoy the food which God gave us. Have we took the time to just linger in His Word? And then we are to go. And, and you know, it, it's funny how this message just fell together. But in verse 4... Jesus, or God, says to Ezekiel, And he said unto me, Son of man, go get thee unto the house of Israel, and speak with, thy, with my words. My words. Notice that. Speak with my words unto them. For thou art not sent to a people of a strange speech, and of a hard language, but to the house of Israel. Not too many people of a strange speech, and of a hard language, whose words thou canst not understand. Surely had I sent thee... To them they would have hearkened unto thee. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee, for they will not hearken unto me. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. We are to go with the message that we've fed upon. Once the message is clear within our heads and we can truly share it, we must share it. And there's a seriousness that we must be aware of. If you'll just skip over just a few verses in verses 15, you'll see that after all this occurrence, after God appeared to Ezekiel and He said, you know, go to these people. He gave him the food to eat. And, And before that even, He did some miraculous things before Ezekiel. Ezekiel finds himself just a little astonished. Just a little, whoa, trying to step back and figure things out. And that's where we pick up in verse 15. It says, Then I came to them of the captivity at Tel Abid, that dwelt by the river of Chabar. And I sat there, sat where they sat, and remained there astonished among them seven days. 
Watch what the Lord does. And it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word of my mouth and give them warning from me. He says, go, give them warning. Verse 18, when I say unto you, the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at thine hand. There's a seriousness to going. We must go. We must sound the warning. I'm sure you've all heard the story of Paul Revere. And I won't get into that because Sarah Palin does it better, I guess. But a watchman was to go and to warn that distress was happening, that danger was coming. Our message is, you could lose your life and die in your iniquities. And head to a place of complete destruction. But you still, if you warn, you have the chance, as the Bible says in verse 18, to save his life. You could warn him in time. You could give him the message in time to save his life. That's the seriousness of this message. I love the way God presents this passage. He tells Ezekiel, you don't have to learn a different language. You don't have to go to a people of a strange tongue. You don't have to go to an unfamiliar people. He said, go to the house of Israel, the people you know. And out in our community, there is people that we know. They speak the same language as us. And we're to give them the message of salvation. You know, so many, so many people get scared at the word evangelism. But evangelism doesn't mean we have to go to a foreign country. Evangelism doesn't mean that we have to learn words that are above our vocabulary. Evangelism means going and tell the people the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then I love the next, next thing God does for Ezekiel. In verse 8 of chapter 3 it says, Behold, I have made thy face strong against their faces, and thy forehead strong against their, their forehead. As an adamant, adamant harder than flint, have I made thy forehead. Fear them not, neither be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, all my words that I shall speak unto thee, receive in thine heart and hear with thine ears. And go, get thee to them of the captivity unto the children of thy people, and speak unto them, and tell them, Thus saith the Lord God, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear. Whether they'll listen or whether they won't, don't worry. I've made you just as stubborn as they are. That's what God's telling him. He said he made his head hard or his forehead hard, and I looked that up and I tried to find every possible way around it, but that's what he's saying. He's saying, as rebellious as they are, I've made you just as stubborn. 
You will preach the word of God. Focus on the Family did a study a few years ago. 50,000. Get that number right in your head. 50,000 ministers leave the work every year. That's over 900 a month. We need more stubborn Christians. We need Christians that will stand up and they won't give in to the ways of the world. You know, whenever we're found in Scripture that you give your life to Christ, you truly give your life to Christ. You don't back down from it. We need to stand up for truth and what all truth. Don't give in and say, oh, this, this will work and, and it'll work for us. No, we stand for truth. We stand for the message that God has given us. We stand and we won't be swayed because Christ, His suffering on the cross, was enough for me. It was enough for me. And Jordan sang that special earlier, this is not my home, this is just my temporary home. Uh, I just messed your song up, but anyway. You know what I'm saying. And it's so true, we've got just this life. Just this life and then all eternity we're going to be with Christ. Why not do the will of Christ while we're here? Why not do the will of God while we're here on this earth? Because I'm going to spend all eternity with Him. It just makes sense. I want to make this clear. I'm not saying be stuck up. I'm not saying resist change. I'm saying stand for the truth. Stand for the truth that God has so adequately blessed us with in this book. And don't give up. Don't give up. We're not told that the fight will be easy, but we're told that God is with us through the fight. What a blessing that is to have Him here. The same problem Ezekiel faced, we face today. If you don't think this world's wicked, have you been out these doors? It's wicked. There's things going on in this world that I'm sure I can't even imagine. But that doesn't change my message. The same message that Ezekiel was proclaiming that there would be a day of judgment is the message that I have to proclaim. But I'm given Christ, just as they had to believe in, we must believe in Him as the only sacrifice. So that we could be found not guilty and his righteousness would cover me. I love the way Paul explains this over in Romans. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, if Ezekiel would have went in, and he'd have just started prophesying, prophesying, and then all of a sudden he said, ah, oh, it doesn't work, I'll just join the crowd. 
The word of God would not be fulfilled in saying they will know a prophet is among you. They need to know that somebody different is among them. The world needs to know that there are Christians out there solely dedicated to the Lord. They need to know that. They need to know that. You know the expression, as a young child, he'll argue with a brick wall. I don't have to argue truth. I just have to stand for it. I don't have to argue that my book's right because I know it's right. We just have to stand for it. Be stubborn about it. Be stubborn and say, you can't change this. You can't change it. You know, I think about what Christ did for me on the cross. And how it could have been way different. No, it couldn't have. But just thinking, you know, Christ took upon all my sin. There could have been a point that he's like, no, it's too much. But he didn't. He didn't. He took all my sin. He took every bit of it. And he laid it upon himself. He did so much for me. He loved me anyway in spite of my disappointments, in spite of my mess-ups. He loved me anyway. And in spite of the people out in this world that will come against us, that will tell us our book is not true, we still need to serve Him anyway. We need to stand up for Him anyway. As our song minister comes to lead us in a hymn of invitation, if we want to feed upon the Word, we must know what the Word is. In John 1, it says... The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It was Jesus Christ. That's what this book's about. It's about Jesus Christ. Do you know Him today? And if you do know Him, are you totally dedicated to Him?